0: And welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. You're listening to the podcast for people who want to learn about the government market from the contracting officer's perspective. If you are a contracting officer, we hope to give you a little more insight into industry's perspective. Our mission is to make government contracting better, one contract at a time. Today's episode explains two more acronyms you should be familiar with if you are in the government acquisition world. Let's get started. Hey, Kevin, today we're going to explain what a COTAR is, what a CORE is, and we're going to talk about who these people are, what they can do, and what they can't do.
1: We are. CORE and COTAR is yet another example of a confusing acronym that we thought we should define here. All right, so what are we talking about?
0: I'll define COTAR, C-O-T-R. Some people say all the letters, some pronounce. try to pronounce the unpronounceable acronym <laughs> COTAR. C O T R stands for Contracting Officers Technical Representative. The other version of it that's sometimes used is CORE, C-O-R, and that's Contracting Officers Representative. Now, it's a feature that's in the FAR at
1: our got FAR got reference it. for the day. That's right,
0: FAR site for the day. 1.604, and it's also defined in DFARS. It basically says the same thing. I don't know why DFARS bothered to, to go farther with it, but DFARS is 252.201-7000. So look them up if you want to take for, a nap.
1: For those of you following along in the FAR. Right. So,
0: <laughs> so i that. So, what it says, both sites basically say that. I should say first, we're going to say "core" from now on because that's one syllable instead of Kotar, which is two. But same thing.
1: All about being efficient. Same thing,
0: right? So, a core is authorized in writing by the contracting officer to perform specific technical and administrative functions. So, I'm I'm reading basically what yeah, it sounded like you were reading that out of the far says. <laughs> It also says that, it, so it's in writing, it, it must be a government employee, can have a uh, contractor employee that, that's being the contracting officer's representative, and that person must countersign basically accepting the responsibilities that have been, uh, they're authorized to do. Generally, they send a copy of that letter to industry, to the contractor, so you know who your core is and what they're authorized to do or not do. In some places, a core, is, it's basically the program manager. There's another way of thinking, this is the guy that's, that's the interface to the contractor for the government that's managing the program.
1: So to think about this, and we, we talk about the idea of, a basic of a con- the basic elements of a contract is, on one hand, you need somebody who needs something, and on the other hand, you have somebody who can make that something, and in between is a contracting officer. Well, think of the, the core as the somebody who needs the something- so it can be a program manager, it can be the customer, it can be representative of the customer. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be different depending on the size of the contract, the agency rules, is it a service contract versus a product contract. So that, that's why this term gets thrown around so much because it, it, it can be used by certain agencies and sometimes it's called a program manager. It's the person that's responsible for making sure everything on the contract gets done. So we just kind of laid out there as a, an overall structure so you understand that it's not as simple as, oh, all the cores do this. Just like the rule of all contracting officers are a little different because of their agencies, et cetera, CORE is going to be the same way.
0: So before we go any farther, the R in the acronym is representative. Why do COs need representatives, Kevin?
1: They can't get everything done. We'll start with that. That's, that's the reason it jumps to the top. There are lots of reasons. I'll go through a couple of them here, but that's kind of the biggest one for me is that it's really, really hard to get everything done. And so they need somebody at the ground level, the contract level, making sure that, that the nuts and bolts of when a, a contract says move the cup from this side of the table to the other side of the table, a contracting officer may have 50 contracts. They, they can't track them all. To have and, one person that's watching the cup and says, yeah, they moved the cup and it took the right amount of time. So that's and
0: understand, it. I mean, if you expand that technically, if you, if you use cup as, as like the photon or something like that, <laughs> the, the CEO might not even understand that the, whether the cup is moved or not. So they need somebody that understands how to know that that cup is moved.
1: Yes, and so the, the great example would be some of the software development contracts that I had. I I didn't know whether or not the phased array worked. <laughs> if you're counting on me, if you taxpayer are counting on me to tell whether or not this this contract is actually causing what's supposed to be happening with this laser, I don't know. So, that, so there's a technical piece of this. Is that they need the contracting officer needs a representative to do that. Yeah.
0: So the CO knows the acquisition part and the contracts part, the the, the far part. The fun part of the job, right? The core fills in the blanks, not fills in the blanks, but re- that's really the biggest part of it is is understanding and knowing whether or not what the government's trying to achieve is being achieved.
1: And think of it in terms of the con- we talk about this a lot. The contracting officer is kind of managing the business side and this core is managing the technical or the execution of the actual contract. So there, there are the differences. Right. So the core gives you
0: the the tech like like the definition in the far says this is the technical knowledge, they bring the program management skills, and what the core becomes is a single point of contact for the customer. So they represent the mission or the user, or sometimes they are the user, but they represent who has the need and bring that face to industry.
1: And despite the title, they don't actually work for the contracting officer. How about this? <laughs> 99% of the time, as far as we know, they don't actually work for
0: it. <laughs> it's the contracting officer's representative, but most of them would punch you in the face if you said, oh, you work for the CEO. Yeah. Because
1: yeah. going back to you, think about what this looks like is the contracting officer helped this customer award a contract. The contract is now awarded and the customer is the one that has the need. And they're the one that's interacting with the contractor who's getting the work done. So that representative is, is living in the contract that was awarded. So it's a parallel. It's kind of a yin and yang exercise where, yeah, there's, there, it, it, don't think of it as hierarchical. Think of it in terms of it's a yin and yang where they're, they're working together in the same direction. You
0: like to say acquisition is a team sport, right? This is, the, the core is one of those team members.
1: Yes. And, and think in terms of there's a program manager who could be a core. There's a finance person. There's a, there's a user who understands the technical requirement that the, the thing that has to get done. There are all these, the lawyer, there are all these players, right, in the overall process. And a core is a big part of, particularly in the contract admin side. So in terms of how the team works together, it's very important that the contracting officer and the core aren't driven just by personality. Because that's another one of those pieces as far as what makes a core unique is it it could be limited by the agency procedures, et cetera, but could also be limited by the personality of the contracting officer the history and maybe some issues that may have come up with the core at times in the past. There's all, these are people doing it the work. Like right? You have
0: personal experience. Yeah, but that, that, that's not sure. on
1: both sides. <laughs> and so it's, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting role that is as much art as it is. science.
0: So let's talk about why this is important for people to understand what a co- core is. I was going to say Kotar
1: stick to one syllable. <laughs>
0: So the reason it's important is because cores have limited authority and they can't delegate that authority to anybody else. So they may, and this gets back to your personality thing, (laughs) they may not act like they have limits to their authority and depending on their ego. They may not believe you even when you show them a the piece of paper that says, here's what the authorities are delegated to you. So you, whether you're a contracting officer or whether you're on the industry side, you need to understand what a corps is allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do.
1: And, and to be fair, that corps may not have, I'll say educated, it sounds like a really nebulous term, but they may not really understand the contract well enough. So for example, one of the things that, that is the responsibility of the contracting officer is to give the. The core training on this is the contract that you're the core for. There's a really jumbled set of words there. And so the idea is they need to understand what what, what can I do? And if what happens sometimes is a, is a person comes into a new job, they're are you know a government employee in charge of some service contract that's already been awarded, and somebody says, Okay, go manage this, and if they don't lay out, get a, an explanation from the contracting officer, what exactly is my authority? What what does this contract do? Where is the box that? And it's a big box; it could be a huge box. But they got to know where the walls of the box are. And
0: most agencies make them take a class. You you got to be certified or qualified yes. via a class first. But that doesn't mean that they paid attention.
1: And in, and it also it's it, it goes back to the contract. Going back to the making government contracting better, one contract at a time. This is contract specific. So just because you've gotten core training on what a core is and understand the basics of what I can and can't do at at the fifty thousand foot level, if the individual contract that you have says that there's only so much money on the contract, but you don't, you don't know where to look. You don't know where section G is in the contract because the contracting officer didn't show you that this is how much funding there is. And if they spend one penny more, we got a problem. If you don't know that, then it's hard for you to be a really, really effective core. So it's, it's, it's both the overall training and it's also understanding of the actual contract you're manager managing. And again, that's, that can be a tall order and that's, that's a team sport. Everybody's got to work in the same direction there.
0: So let's talk about what a core can and can't do. And it's more fun and easier to actually start out with the things they can't do. So a core is more negative. Right, right. (laughs) So certain things are delegated to contracting officers, right? Contracting officers sign contracts. So cores can't do that. So, what best way to describe that, and this is going back to the far stuff, I'm going to read a little here not authorized to make any commitments that change the price, the quality, the quantity, the delivery terms, <laughs> and then the catch all or any other term or condition of the contract. So that sounds like it rules out rules a core out from doing anything at all. But what it, they're really trying to say is a core can't direct a contractor, can't tell industry to do any work that's outside of the scope of the contract. So they can't tell you to start working, they can't tell you to stop working, they can't tell industry to keep working when the period of performance is over because it's not quite, the work isn't quite done yet.
1: They or, can't, Or the money's not quite obligated <laughs> yet.
0: Right, so th- the core can't obligate the money. They can't sign a contract or a modification. They can't request a proposal officially, although they can request ROMs and they, they can get close. But the official request, the reason they can't request it is because it costs contractors money to write proposals. Right. Only the contracting officer can do that piece of it. So there's a whole list of what they can't do, but to sum it up succinctly, can't tell the industry to do anything outside of the scope of the current contract. That has to be, that's direction that has to come from the contracting officer. So that leaves us with what can a core do? If they can't direct a contractor outside the scope of the contract, they can direct them to do things within the scope of the contract. So for instance, if you had a contract that said, paint my house, but it wasn't specific on the color, the core could work with the contractor, and decide what color the house would be painted. Now, they probably couldn't tell them to paint a second house, also paint my guest house. That would be nice. Probably couldn't tell them to use paint that's twice as expensive, that's twice the quality of what was agreed to before, but the the general paint it this color brown is within the scope of the contract, and maybe not defined specifically. So the core is monitoring the contractor performance and making sure that they're actually painting it the color that, that it's supposed to be painted, but not telling them to paint anything else. Does that make
1: sense? It does. And we could extrapolate this into much more complex contracts, but the, the, the basic idea is, is the work getting done? And is the work getting done correctly? And the definition of correctly, okay, technically it's defined in the contract, right? But in addition to that, this is a person. This goes back to people complain about bureaucracy. Well, there's a person... Touching everyone, there should be a person touching every one of these, right? And this, this is the person who's is helping under the team sport rule. They're helping to manage the contract and they're helping the contractor stay within their rounds as, as how a, a, core, a core doing their job well, the things they can do is actually facilitate the contract going even more smoothly because now they don't have to go to the contracting officer to say, well, what what is, what is this particular part of the contract refer to? Like what is I, I don't quite understand this, this section of the statement of work because there was a modification two months ago, you know, whatever, right? Well, the contracting officer, in theory, was talking to the core when that mod was done, and the core is just as familiar with it. So he can solve 90% of that problem with the contractor without involving the contracting officer. That, that's how it saves time and can get things done faster and making sure that contracts stay on schedule, for example.
0: So we always wrap up with why should the government care about this stuff? Why should industry care about this stuff? The government should care about what a core is and what their responsibilities are because these are the folks that ensure that the work actually gets done. They ensure that the mission is satisfied because contracts, people know contracts, but they might not understand whether what they've ended up buying has actually been accomplished appropriately or not because there's just too many possible things that they could buy to understand, to possibly understand, I guess I said possibly four times there. There's too many things they could buy. (laughs) to have a chance of understanding the details of
1: all of them. And this also allows the contracting officer to multiply their time. Is they're able going back to saving people time, right? The idea of if you have really effective, a team of really effective cores. And by the way, a lot of people, the core isn't their only job. It's not the only thing they do. It's you know, sometimes right. it's, they may have five or six contracts to the core on. But the point is it allows the contracting officer to manage more contracts because the cores are helping, it, depending on how many they have, they could have multiple courses. I have had as many as five reporting to me on multiple different contracts. And that allowed reporting me to manage. To you, that would have been funny if, they, yeah. if you ever told them they were reporting to you. They were, <laughs> they were, they were yeah, okay, let's, what I meant by that, they, was, they were reporting the status of the contractor. You uh, so yeah, that's, see how easy that is? <laughs> because it's a live wire. But you get the idea, is it allowed me to, to get more done because I know they're, they're helping to manage the contract by making sure the contractor is, is a, getting the work done.
0: So the other reason why the government should care is because if you don't understand what a, authorized, what a core is authorized to do, what, what they can and can't do, if you don't understand that, then they end up going beyond their authorization, and unauthorized actions cost everyone time, money, and energy to fix. So if the core tells the contractor, no, 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 no just keep working, we'll get the money, it's okay. Well, if the money doesn't show up and the contractor kept working, Oh, oh, it's a whole other podcast
1: <laughs> yeah, that
0: leads us <laughs> to why industry should care. So the core is the person who needs to understand that you are doing your job in industry or you're not going to get paid. If you have to submit your DD 250, this, you know, the, the infamous government document that says I'm done, accept what I've delivered to you. The core is the one that understands whether or not you've delivered what, you, what you're supposed to and signs off on that in most cases. Mm-hmm. You may not get paid for work if you weren't properly authorized to do it. So this goes back to if the core says, go ahead, keep working, don't worry about this, and your contract doesn't say it's okay to keep working, it's your fault if you take direction from that person. If you're an in industry, if you take direction from a person who's not authorized to do that, It's your fault. And the government doesn't have to pay you for that work. So that's a really big reason for industry to care and understand what a core's responsibilities are.
1: And I'll give you another example of that from the the other perspective. Uh, One of our clients had a a core sent them a letter at, I think it was a Tuesday afternoon. They said, oh, your contract's going to be out of money on Friday. Which means that they were going to have to let go like 15 people. And fortunately, because they were a client, they freaked out, but then instead of emailing back and spazzing, they called us and said, well, what does this mean? And we went through the process with them and explained to them that you know, the Corps isn't authorized to do things like that and walk through if there is actually a termination happening. Here's what's going to happen. Showed them FAR part 49. Number one, they were able to understand what just happened. Number two, they were able to sleep through the night because now they're not freaking out over having to fire their employees. They have a plan for the next morning. Then they go talk to the contracting officer in the morning, figure out what happened. Actually, they were shuffling money around within the contract. It was a, It was more of an administrative cleanse structure issue. But the point is the core could have created a train wreck. Because think about that from a, from a, our client's perspective, if she had told all her employees, Oh, you're out of work on Friday. You can't unfire that gun. Right. She loses a lot of credibility with, with, with it. That, that's the kind of, I guess we'll call it ripple effect that a core who doesn't necessarily understand what's going on. And that is one could be cynical and say, Oh, the corps should know better. Well, okay. The contracting officer should also be educating them on, When you send this kind of email to a company, they're going to freak out. So that's the kind of stuff that it's really important for the core to understand what they can and can't do. And that's why industry cares because understand what that messaging from a core can mean to you.
0: And that reminds me, whether you're on the government side or the industry side, you've probably been in a meeting and where someone stands up and gives the, the contracting officer mantra. And you got to picture, picture the position that this puts you in. You know, uh, you're, I, my story is a, a, a ballroom filled with contractors for an industry day. And I stand up as a contracting officer at, you know, with my grand old nine months of experience or whatever. <laughs> and I get to say this room full of people that have been doing it for 40 years. I am here to remind you that only the contracting officer can give you direction. And, you know, you basically say nobody else, all these guys that have been doing this that are the experts for the last 40 years, they can't actually authorize you to do anything. But me, with my nine months of experience, <laughs> look, out. I can authorize you. So awkward story, but that's that's the truth of it. The contracting officer has the power of the pen that can actually do these things. The Corps has specific duties that are authorized By the contracting officer for them to do on the contracting officer's behalf, and that's why they're called to represent. So let's wrap this up, Kevin. Let's. The Corps is the counterpart to the industry program manager. So the guy that's running the program for the industry probably talks to the core on a regular, regular basis and rarely talks to the contracting officer. The corps given specific authorities by the contracting officer, and that varies, like you said, by agency, organization.
1: It contract type personality
0: yeah by contracting officer temperature barometric pressure yeah. <laughs> right
1: wind and the
0: big point is if you don't understand the role and the authorities there's risk that you're adding to the relationship and to the contract
1: and one big maybe we didn't say this already I think we may have but just to foot stomp it if the core does something that they're not supposed to do, and you as a as a contractor do it anyway. It's on you because you're supposed to have read your contract, and that sounds callous and mean, and you know, big government, blah blah. blah. But if you think about it, it, that's why the contract's written down, and you can point all the fingers you want, but that's that's the the part to consider is that at the end of the day, the contract is going to rule the conversation, and if it said you will not show up on a holiday and you do, whoops. So there you go. Last last little flag for you. All right. Anything else? Yeah. To the listeners,
0: thanks for being a podcast listener. Remember that the topics are driven by you. So don't forget, go to ContractingOfficerPodcast.com, hit that contact button, and send us what you want to hear about. You can connect with us on LinkedIn. We're on Twitter and Facebook. And Kevin, I'll let you tell you. My, my favorite, favorite please
1: write us a review on iTunes because it's how people find us. And we're giving away this information for free, so please help them find it.
0: If the podcast is enough for you, that's awesome. If you want more, you can join the Skyway Connection. Go to skywayacquisition.com, connect, use the promo code podcast. You can try it for free for a little while. Take that next step and get deeper into the topics that we talk about on this podcast.
1: There you go. Thanks. All
0: right. Thanks, Kevin. Talk to you later. Okay, that's it for this week's episode. As always, if you have questions, comments, or complaints, go to contractingofficerpodcast.com, hit the contact button, and let us know what you think. Thanks for listening.